Hello and welcome back to Meet the Chefs. Today I'm in Deptford and I'm sitting down with Steve McCarty. He's the owner and head chef of Shark Bait and Swim. Now Steve has been on a journey involving everything from TV appearances to recent rave reviews in the national press. And here we chat about his ethos, his brand of cooking that reinvents the way we eat seafood, the importance of entrepreneurial spirit in hospitality, and so much more. So sit back and enjoy. Amazing. So welcome back everyone to Meet the Chefs. And today we've got a new chef. We're, we're back from Europe. We're here in, in Deptford in London. Um, and I'm lucky enough to be with Steve. So thanks for joining me. Um, so we're going to kick things off with you, basically. Obviously we're here in, in Shark Bait and Swim under the, under the ashes. But I want to ask you a few questions really about why food. And originally, you know, what was your food inspiration? What made you think that's something I want to, I want to do? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I never actually had any food inspiration growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living on, you know, my mum. My mum's speciality back in the day was uh, chicken dippers and soggy broccoli, which meant that I went to bed with cheekfuls of chewed up broccoli because I just really didn't <laughs> want to swallow it. Um, so, and that was kind of that was kind of my life really. So when I left home at like seventeen, mm-hmm. I started. Um, I was living on my own, and I started cooking for myself. Um, by watching videos on YouTube um, and I started cooking stews and roast dinners and stuff and that's where I just kind of got a little bit of passion for it yeah. I started feeding people around me and people so, enjoyed the food. So what food could be? Yeah, yeah, a little bit and kind of like and how creative it could be as well and flavours and techniques and ultimately having that kind of the, the reward of eating a nice hot meal at the end mm-hmm. of the hard work do put yeah. into it so I, um, I I gained yeah I gained a lot of love for it through that and then basically decided to take myself off to catering college mm-hmm. to, to learn more amazing and so you decided literally as a result of, of trying everything out that this was something you actually wanted to go into as, as a profession yeah amazing and so where was that catering college it was in Broadstairs okay in Kent uh-huh. and it was called Fanet College and it was absolutely fantastic. It was, um, it was, it was kind of a sister college to one of the colleges here in London, Westminster. Mm-hmm. And it was two floors <coughs> of amazing kitchens and all the equipment. And the thing for me that really shone out was the tutors and how much they really cared about teaching us mm-hmm. and giving us the best start possible. And I felt that I was really taken under the wing of some fantastic chefs, which again just instilled more passion and just made me want to succeed more. Mm-hmm. And then you graduate from there. Yeah. Um, did they help place you in stages, or you know, whereabouts was your first or sort of proper job in a restaurant? Yeah. Well, while I was at college, one of my tutors um, hooked me up with a like a cafe in Margate, uh-huh. kind of like a boutique cafe, doing just really good breakfast and lunch and stuff right, like you. that. And I was I was there while I was at college. Okay. And then as soon as I left college, I went uh, straight into work and found myself a like a seafood gastro pub in Whitstable, mm-hmm. which was my first job. Amazing, and um, what were you doing there? Were you in the kitchen? I was in the kitchen, yeah. I was in the kitchen and I kind of done, um, I remember I was doing uh, like larder section and then I moved on to pastry after mm-hmm. that. Very, very busy um, and to be honest with you, I, I didn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> <laughs> was it, what was it that you didn't enjoy about uh, it? Um, I was, um, I think, I, so I was on a larder section and it was it was really hard work, and I didn't get any breaks. And the larder section had all the kind of bar food and stuff, and I was just 
grafting while everyone else was going out for fab breaks after yeah. lunch service you yeah. know, I was still in service and I was still having to you know I was making scotch eggs to order yeah. to try and get myself ready for dinner so it was very full on and uh, I probably wasn't treated very fairly yeah. and I was earning shit money as well to be fair I think I was on 14 and a half grand I was barely, yeah. paying, barely paying my rent and um, and, uh, and yeah but but thinking back now you know as much as I didn't really enjoy like the actual job I was around like loads of really cool people and I had a fantastic time and it kind of it, it definitely did set me up for future roles and you so, so you, you pushed through though clearly so you didn't give through, up at that point I didn't give up <laughs> there were times where I was like bloody hell you know what have I got myself uh -huh. into um, and I think that that's just a normal thing. You know, I speak course, to a lot yeah. of chefs, new out the industry, a lot of a lot of people just leaving college. And I think that it is a big shock when you leave college because college teaches you how to cook, but it doesn't teach you about teamwork, about timings, about the pressures of being in service, about you know making sure that you you know you're held accountable. Really, mm -hmm. you know, when you're in college, you're not held accountable. Yeah, um, that only comes in when you when you leave, and you, it all hits you all at once. Mm -hmm. So, it's a big learning curve. And when was the first time then that you got into a kitchen and you really enjoyed it? <laughs> yeah. Where did you go after that? So after that, I went to, um, so that, that gastro pub I was in was owned by a chef mm -hmm. um, who had a few other places and he had a place in Tunbridge Wells. Okay, yep. And I went there and that was really, really fun. And I mean, this was going into a Michelin star restaurant after a gastro pub and the head chef was just like a, a really fantastic talented chef, but a bit a bit nutter as well. And this is Thackeray that we, we were yeah, talking yeah. about earlier before yeah, we started yeah. recording. And yeah. I know a few people have worked there and everyone has loved it, so. I loved it, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, the head chef, Shane, I got, feel like I got along really well with him. Um, and he was, he, was, he was in the kitchen and he was kind of really fully um, on the ball. And I remember one service, because I initially got taken over there because I think they needed some help. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember one service, he kind of boxed himself in the kitchen with a whole, like a, a whole deer, and he had venison <laughs> on this uh, on this tasting menu, and, uh, and he did, we did have time to prep it, and he's yeah. gone, he's got his case himself, he's gone, I'm an animal, <laughs> like this, and he's got this knife, and he's like filling off the, uh, filling it off the, like, like, like the loins yeah. of this deer in service, and I just saw it, and I just thought, this is fucking amazing. This is why I want to work this in is, the kitchen. This is what I love about it, and, I, and, I, yeah, and I felt like I could really kind of be myself. Uh -huh. And you had the banter, you had the family <coughs> element, and you know, as long as you worked hard and got the job done and nailed down when you needed to, mm -hmm. it was that you was part of the family. And is that what that sort of taught you what being in the kitchen could be? Yeah, that showed me how fun it could be. Yeah, amazing. And so, why did you leave factories? Well, I was there. I was just there initially on like a placement because uh -huh, sure. I was because I was employed by by the pub in Wixtapal mm -hmm. and I was going over there to help out. I was getting on a train at sort of like four in the morning, mm -hmm. getting there ready for service. It was a long journey. They put me up in a hotel, and um, but that was that was kind of never for the long term. Sure, okay. Um, and then I eventually I left the pub, so I left that company, mm -hmm. and then I went to work for another restaurant in in Wixtapal on a high street called Samfire, uh -huh. and that was just absolutely fantastic. That's very well known. Really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, really good place to work. And I loved it, absolutely loved it, yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're in seafood restaurant here and that's massively shaped you as well. Yeah. Um, was it all these different places in Whistable that showed you what seafood can be? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, I think it's like the start of my career mm -hmm. being around all the seafood stuff. That's kind of what I really learned the most of. And I think that's why I kind of took seafood on. And I was kind of, 
I learned a lot and I kind of saw ultimately how much money you can make. Yeah, on seafood. In, in seafood, if you, if you do it well. Um, and then a lot of kind of like doing my own research and ultimately just being obsessed with food. You know, my Instagram feed is just full of food and yeah, like, drum, drum and bass. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, even when I'm not at work, I'm always thinking about food. Yeah. You know, I woke up this morning and I'm sure last night I was having a dream about straining herb oil through coffee, <laughs> coffee filters. Yeah. And I woke up in a bit of a day and go, hang on, if I make an herb oil today, yeah. I can strain it for a coffee, like a coffee filter. <laughs> And that might make a better oil. So that's just, yeah. yeah constant just, next yeah. meal, next prep, next Exactly, idea. exactly. So I think, yeah, a mix of loads of seafood experience and having loads of passion and drive to be completely original in what I do is I, kind of shaped yeah. what we're doing here. I think what fascinates me about that, though, is that, I mean, you're not just a chef. You are fascinated by the whole business side and everything as well. Yeah. That does sort of jump out. Do you think that is something that's maybe a bit different about you? So many chefs are just, you know, have to, obviously you, you own where yeah. we are at the moment. Yeah. Um, and is that something that's always interested you a lot as well, the business side of it? Yeah, I think so. I think I've always had a drive to be like successful, you know. My, yeah, yeah. I think that um, I like making money. Yeah. I do like making money. And if I can make money by doing what I love doing, then it's a win-win. It's the dream. Yeah. yeah amazing. And there's a couple other things before, again, we move on to Shark Cake and Swim. Yeah. Um, firstly, your TV appearance, which is, you know, if people go you, it's probably one of the first things that comes up. Mm. What was that experience like for you? Brilliant. Like, one, probably like the best thing I've ever done. One of the best things I've ever done. I mean, from, from afar, it looks absolutely mental. <laughs> it was brilliant. crazy. It was crazy. We was actually filmed, because the TV show was out for like six consecutive weeks. Yeah. We were filming for three months. Wow. Okay. Um, and we was out and about, and I, I, you know, I managed to get permission from my job at the time to kind of take some unpaid leave and go uh -huh. and do it, which was really helpful. Um, and we just travelled and travelled and travelled and cooked and we've done the most amazing stuff that oh. it just, uh, it's got to be the best cooking show ever to be filmed, really. <laughs> for well, from my yeah, side, yeah, anyway. Yeah, if you said it from your yeah, side, it, you was, it was great. What was the best thing that you did and, and had on that trip? Well, I tell you what, it was the, 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 my best week was also my worst week. Okay. And that was in Norway. Wow, okay. Where we was, um, we was up in the mountains, in like, the, in the Bergen mountains, foraging for mushrooms and uh, butchering venison and doing all this really cool stuff and op like open cooking fire. Um, and throughout the throughout the, that week of practicing and cooking, we was in this kitchen. One night we came back and, and it rained so hard that it flooded. We were staying in oh, log cabins right, in the mountains. Oh, and everything flooded. And in order for, <coughs> for us to get back from like the road to our log cabins, which was down a valley and back up again, we had to get in kind of like canoes. In our chef whites with our knives. Wow, like and a great TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know, but they didn't. They didn't show it. Oh anyway, but um, but yeah, in canoes, kind of rowing through the treetops yeah. of this valley back to the log cabins. That was just the most surreal experience of my life, and oh, something I'm going to remember forever. Yeah. Anyway, and that that was just great. And the reason why it's also my worst week is that at the end of that week, um, I under I was in service and I was put on the hardest section, mm -hmm. and I was grilling like over a barbecue. I'd never done open fire cooking before, so I was very much dropped in the deep end. Um, and I was barbecuing this loin of venison and I, I messed it up basically. And I put it on a pot and Jason Upperton's cut into it. He's like, it's raw! <laughs> and I'm like, oh mate, so stressful as it is. Yeah. And you got him on the back of your like, And you can see it being replayed for the rest of your yeah, career. And yeah, the wing. Yeah. yeah, ideal. So um, I think that was the first time in my whole career where I kind of like ran into the pot wash and just went, oh, mate, 
turn around and there's a bloody camera. Oh, right, no. right, right. Like, ah. Yeah, um, absolute worst nightmare. Yeah, so yeah, that was the worst bit. But the, but the whole week, it, like like Norway was definitely my favourite country that we could see. Amazing. And um, well, eventually we've ended up here with you having your own place. Yes. So, what was the trigger that made you make that leap? Lockdown. Uh huh. To be fair, um, for so many people. Yeah. Has, has happened. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I think it's because we had you know a, like a very desperate time where we had to change the way we thought of chefs. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of money coming in, but a lot of time on our hands mm-hmm. um, were, where I think that I was able to create a business plan, really like hone into what I always wanted to do anyway, mm-hmm. but this gave me the, the time that I needed to get it done. And why did you choose Deptford? I chose Deptford because um, I'm a South London boy through and through, and Deptford has got this kind of it's got this kind of vibe about it, which is almost like a village feel, but in central London. Sure. It's a nice community. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone. It's kind of, um, it just felt right. And I've got this beautiful brick yeah. railway arch for uh, an affordable price. And I was able to come in and create my first place. Yeah, we should place ourselves like under the arches here for, so people know. And there's like a lot of different eateries, cafes and stuff. Yeah. And you were saying to me earlier, there's a really good sort of community. It like is, it is, yeah. We've got a row of 14 grade two listed railway arches yeah. here. Incredible. Um, and they're just so kind of, I don't know what the word to use is, but they're, they're atmospheric. Atmospheric. <laughs> yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. They're, they're really, really cool. And it feels like you're you're eating in an awesome place and it feels like I'm cooking in an awesome place. You know, when I come in here in the morning I'm like This is this is good. This is a lot. It's like a mini version of I also recorded a, a podcast with Iran Tibby at Balabaya. Okay. Um but that's sort of under the Waterloo arches. Yeah. So right. they're obviously they're bigger, but it's yeah. the same sort of idea. Yeah. Um, so for people listening, can you just pitch Sharp Eight and Swim for me? Sure. So Sharp Eight and Swim is a um, like a seafood and barbecue restaurant mm-hmm. with uh, kind of sharing plate style dining, which means that people can come in and share multiple plates with uh, their group of people, and it's all about introducing conversation and everyone's eating the same thing and talking about the flavours. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah fish seafood centric maybe a couple of meat dishes and veg dishes but we're seafood centric with um, Asian flavours at the mm-hmm. forefront of what we do yeah I mean we've been in the kitchen before this and I've tried an amazing selection of dishes so thank you for that but uh, it's what really jumps out to me is just yeah the variety of flavours yeah there's not any individual dish that tastes the same as the next one yeah and there's such you know there's that short menu everything on there is good. Is that something that you've always really wanted? It's something that I've always really wanted. Um, and also because we've got a, like a, a small space, you know, yeah. we're knocking out a lot of a lot of food and a lot of good creative food out of such a small space. So having a small menu allows me to make sure that every single dish is absolutely perfect and every single customer gets the experience that I want them to have and that they deserve to have mm-hmm. uh, by having that small menu. Um, if you had to pick one dish, what would be your sort of defining dish? right now it's a, a hard one it's a hard one it's like having kids all my, <laughs> all my dishes are my babies and I love them all equally but um, I had to pick one if I had to pick one do you know what there's a dish on the menu that will never come off yep. it's the whole sea room it's yep. a whole like KFC style sea incredible um, lightly battered with the, like the kernel secret spices incredible um, and it's served on a chef oval tray like uh-huh. a metal tray Really rustic, pile of seaweed sorted trips, chips, 
Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, KFC Bream on the top, and then lavrins of this uh, Nam Chim Chow, which we yeah. tried on an oyster earlier. Which is amazing. Loads of that kind of sweet, salty, acidic shallot sauce from Thailand. Uh-huh. Um, and it's probably the most enjoyable eating experience ever. Amazing. And that, I swear, I saw on the menu that was only £25. Pounds, 25 quid, yeah. Which is yeah, good price. We don't have a charge here, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we make we make just enough money to make sure that we're paying all of our overheads and our staff well, mm-hmm. um, but also keeping the local community happy and not breaking their banks. Yeah, yeah, because we were talking about when we were coming in, obviously it's such a difficult environment right now. Yeah. How challenging has that been for you? What have you had to change and adapt? Yeah, it's definitely been a challenging time. Um, and again, as you said, like it's all about changing and adapting it's about doing little things that you can potentially you know we've done oyster happy hour one pound oysters between five and seven unbelievable um, and that people love it you know yeah. we get busy uh, i don't make any profit on oysters at all yeah. but everyone gets a good deal and i make a little bit of money on the drinks and mm. then ultimately at seven o'clock when it's peak time i've got a full restaurant yeah. of people of happy people and and pe- job, people yeah. follow people yeah so it's yeah it's that adapting to kind of just kind of do different things to make sure that you're keeping your above, uh, you're keeping your head above the water. And I do want to touch on the oysters because I mean, they, you were saying they sort of by accident become something you're really known for. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason is you have so many different dressings on them. Yeah. What do you say? So a lot of people are very oyster purists as well. A lot of what's people are oyster purists, and a lot of people are also oyster virgins. Yes, this is true. Yeah, if you, you'd be stunned by yeah. the amount of people and the yeah. oyster. Yeah. So. Um, I get a lot of oyster virgins in here and they say, oh, you know, what would you recommend? And sometimes, you know, I might cook them an oyster or mm-hmm. something. At one point, yeah. we had a load of cooked oysters where I'd put the oyster directly on the barbecue. Sure. We used to do one with um, brown butter and salsa verde, oh, wow. which was just a huge hit. Um, so, yeah, we, we like to experiment with oysters, mm-hmm. but you've always got the option of having the, the natural oysters, is, which are yeah. vinegar and lemon and Tabasco. Or if you're feeling experimental and you're going to trust me yes. as your chef to, to be creative and not, not ruin your oyster, <laughs> then then the options are there as well. I want to talk through the strawberry one because this is one that I mean, is so unique. Just yeah, chat, okay. Chat through that for All me. Alright, cool. So I think maybe my, like my one of my favourite foods in the entire world is a, a Kentish strawberry mm-hmm. in like June or July. Yeah. And it's so sweet and delicious and you just can't get a strawberry like that anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And you can only get it for two months in this country. Yeah. So I really look forward to that time. Um, and when that time comes, I like to preserve them so that, that I can, <laughs> so that I can enjoy that flavour, you know, when I get a little craving in uh, December or something, I and I can just pull one of my little preserved Kenny strawberries <laughs> out and have my little moment, yep. right? Um, anyway, I decided that I was gonna try and give everyone else that moment that I love dearly by pickling the summer strawberry in Kentish cider mm-hmm. and um, a little bit of red wine vinegar, like a really nice red wine vinegar mm-hmm. and a little bit of sugar. And that kind of gives you the acidity and the summer Kentish cider yeah. paired with a strawberry on an oyster that works really well. Yeah, it's amazing because you obviously got the, the saltiness of the oyster as well. The salt and sweet combination is, yeah. is incredible, isn't it? It's yeah. so punchy. It, it really works, yeah. Um, so going forward, what's the plan? I mean, because obviously we were saying in last few months you've all of a sudden been attracting a lot of attention here with yeah. what you're doing yeah what are you what are your plans going forward um uh, expansion mm-hmm. i think yeah uh, get a bigger place where we can fit more people and mm-hmm. keep up with the demand really of, mm-hmm. of what's going on because not in summer here it must be a 
it's hard. It's harder in summer for sure. Yeah, in winter we only really do the covers what we've got inside sure, okay. where we fit twenty. Okay. So we can do uh, we can turn tables once or, or twice maybe we might do forty or fifty covers on a weekend. Um, so we still get through the winter, but summer is just insane. Yeah, so yeah, we're on the hunt now for a bigger place where we can continue riding a wave, doing what we love doing, um, and uh, feed more people. Amazing. So a few quick fire things to end, if that's alright with you. Yeah. Okay, I want to know your favourite cheap food when you just want something really... Morley's fried chicken. Oh, amazing. I've yeah. been, have you seen they've done a link up with Heinz? I have. Have, yeah. have you been? I haven't. I went but yesterday. I'm definitely going to go. Have you? Unbelievable. Yeah, go on. Got, got a ticket. Okay. We won't get too into it. Yeah, it's attracting, right, cool. but that is so worth doing. Okay, all right, yeah, cool. Incredible. Okay, favourite pizza? Favourite pizza? There's a place over the road here called Sodo mm -hmm. Pizza and a pizza slaps and they do a um, they do like an your pizza uh -huh. and in the middle of it they just chuck a massive lump of ricotta cheese oh, and, oh, it's like, and it mixes all with the, like the, the spice of the your yeah, oh. fat and it's, it's an enjoyable pizza yeah. and favourite restaurant to eat at? Smoking Goat yeah come see that and favourite burger? my own Oh, in yes, my, in my that is true actually. So when real. I wrote the questions, I didn't know about this because you also have a burger van. I right also outside. have a burger van over there called Gobsmacked and we do insane smash patties and they're the best burger van. They're the only ones in Deptford, I found. And they're the only ones in Deptford. It's a weird um, niche you've exploited there. Yeah, <laughs> I am biased, but they do slap. And most overrated food item? Sweet corn. Yeah. Yeah, in, mate. What if, what if it's char-grilled on the cob? No. No, absolutely not. I'm not into it, no. <laughs> Okay, a final, final thing is we ask everyone, it's a death row dinner scenario, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're cooking three courses, yeah. and there's a drink, yeah. and you're inviting four people, dead or alive. So you've got to tell me what you're cooking for these four people and who they are. It's, that's a hard one, I should have told you before. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a hard one. Okay, so what am I cooking? I'm probably doing... Because you've got to enjoy it as well, right? So, I mean, it's got to be indulgent, but also impressive for these people. Yeah. Well, I'm cooking it as well. It's not just yeah. my favourite food. It's got to be my well, favourite food Well, that is the thing, to yeah, to cook, yeah. Do you know what, right? I'd probably do a bit of tapas. Yeah. I'd probably go in for, for a bit of Spanish. It's my favourite thing a, in the world yeah, to cook. I'd probably do a bit of a spread. I'd do some really nice bits of chorizo and cherry mm -hmm. vinegar and yeah. stuff like that. Um, a banging tortilla. Do you make a good tortilla? I do, I'm yeah. I'm gonna recommend your tortilla restaurant after that. Okay, all right, cool. I do, yeah. And then for dessert, do you know what? Just some really good ice cream smothered in boozy sherry, sweet boozy sherry. And banging. the Basque cheesecake. And the Basque cheesecake, we were, like, the bas we cheesecake. were discussing yes. this earlier. Yeah. Amazing. I think that's, um, yeah, I think that's a good dinner party there. And then four people. Four people. Oh. Dead or a lot. I mean, we've had such an interesting range, right? Some people go for Taylor Swift. We've had the Obamas, obviously. Yeah, all right. But you know, some people just go for family, which is yeah. a nice wholesome way to look at it. Yeah, it is. I'm not into that though. No. Let's, <laughs> I think we'll go, um, I think we'll go, who are we gonna go? Sports people, fan of football. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's such a tough question. It really is. It's a really tough question. I, I would have, I always think you want one sort of entertainer. Yeah. So I'd probably go for a Gallagher. Sure, not yeah. sure which one, because okay. that's, that's getting controversial. Yeah. I always think probably want someone quite, like sort of a, sort of an Obama style, yeah. who's going to provoke the conversation, and then, 
I would probably have sort of Pele in there. Yeah, fair. Personally. Do you know what I'd probably go for? I'd mm-hmm. probably go for like Keith Lemon. Yep, hilarious. Bounce. I'll probably bring my nan mm-hmm. because she is just complete bounce as well. She doesn't shut up. And she didn't overpour the broccoli. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Big respect to Nana for that one. Um, Keith Lemon, my nan, um, probably. Your fiance, who is who is lovely, perhaps. Let's go. That's probably Let's go a wise that. idea. Avoid, co- avoid controversy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a wise idea. So yeah, my Mrs. Maria and. Um, Who's that geezer from Darkness? That crazy. I but I know who you mean. Yeah, probably. And I think, again, you're just spicing things up, absolutely. Yeah, I'll get him to come in and sing some song and just go, absolutely, mate. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the way to end it, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And everything I've had is amazing. And all I can say is people just get themselves down here to Deptford. Brilliant. Because so, so many people never come either. And it's literally five minutes from London five Bridge. Five minutes from London, London Bridge, one stop on the train, easy to get to, and we're smack bang outside the train station. Can't miss it under the arches. Thanks so much. Nice one. Beautiful. Thanks so much again to Steve for sitting down to chat with me and for some amazing food. Be sure to check out the website, ollieatsitall.wordpress.com. That's ollieatsitall.wordpress.com. And the Instagram, ollieatsitall, all one word for photos and more from Shark Bait and Swim. What's more, stay tuned because we have some amazing chefs coming out from across Europe and some really big names in lots of different industries too. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing from Meet the Chefs or Ollie Eats It All.